Hi, I'm Elena. And I'm Soraya. And you're listening to Women of Questionable Morals, a Gilmore Girls thematic podcast that is full of spoilers for everything Gilmore Girls, including the revival. Today, we will be talking about Rory and Jess. Starting off hot. (laughs) And just as a reminder... If you want to catch up on any of this without having to rewatch the entire show, we will feature the core episodes and the context episodes for this particular theme. So they'll be down in the show notes and on our Instagram. So that'll give you a little bit of a refresher of the Rory Jess timeline and major uh, moments in their relationship. Jumping in, what are your thoughts on Jess in general? Okay, so hot take Jess is medium high key one of my favorite characters just because I think that it's with him that we explore some of the darker arcs that are permitted in the Star's Hollow universe like it is in general kind of a light show but seeing Jess work through his issues or not work through them (laughs) um, is the closest we get to something gritty in the show. And I feel like it allows the Gilmore girls to not be so saccharine. And so his presence, and I feel like Milo Ventimiglia's performance is wonderful. And the chemistry he has with all of the actors on set is great. So mm-hmm. both like for the performance and the kind of story arcs, I love Jess. Now, do I think he is unproblematic? Absolutely not. He honestly treats Rory like shit and treats a lot of people very badly. And we can talk about like why that is, but I'm generally, I generally stand in the camp of it's good to be able to explain someone's behavior. That doesn't mean we have to forgive that behavior. (laughs) I I completely agree in your analysis of Jess. I really enjoy him as a character and the things that he has gone through to get him to this point, I just think can't be overlooked. And I know some people like criticize that and they're like, oh, you're apologizing for his terrible behavior. No, I'm not. I'm just saying his past experiences definitely inform a lot of his behaviors. And like you said, you know, we talked about this in the pilot episode, but we love the complexity of the characters on the show and how fleshed out they are and kind of this arc they follow from beginning to end. And I feel like Jess is a prime example of that idea, like just the way he changes from the first time we see him on screen to the very last time. And it's the way he works through the things he's gone through is very, very realistic. I feel like that is how people in his situation would act. I feel like that the kind of slow growth he goes through, that's how you grow up. That's how people mature. And we won't get into this now because I know we have a theme on that specifically, but his relationship with Luke, I mean, one of the best in the show. So, and I like you, I, I don't think that he was a good partner to Rory at all in the slightest. Um, but I think that there are reasons for that. And so I'm just looking forward to us getting into that today. And that was actually one of the first notes I wrote for this show is, or for this episode, their relationship as teenagers was doomed from the start. Like it was never going to work. Jess was not in a place of emotional, any place of emotional maturity to be in a relationship. And I think that he loved or cared about Rory in the best way that he knew how at that time in his life, but it was never going to be enough. And he just couldn't be the partner she needed at that time. Yeah. He also needed hashtag, hashtag therapy instead of relationships. Yes. At that point yes. In his life. And I think he found like solace in Rory because she was so much like him. And he, she seemed to be one of the few people who could make him feel like he could be himself or as vulnerable as he was willing to be. And so I think, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously that contributed to his attraction to her, but it's still, he was never able to fully let his guard down. He didn't, his communication was horrible. He like, he never talked to her about anything. He he was kind of like her in the sense that if he didn't know how to deal with something, he just ran away from it. One thing I will say in favor of teenage Jess is that, his mistakes and his bad communication weren't about the fact that he made Rory his world 
and that he leaned so much on her. He didn't never he never expected her to fix all of his problems. He may not have like communicated like what was really going on with him, and he may have used her or his relationship with her as kind of a distraction from his overall problems. But I think one thing he did not do was to put the burden on her to fix him, which I feel is something that Dean would do. Or <clears throat> excuse me. Or expect Roy to be the be-all, end-all. Like, after she kissed him at Suki's wedding and then went to DC and he didn't hear from her, he didn't, he moved on. He was with someone else. And yes, he still liked Roy and cared about her. And he straight up said to her, like, you're all put out because I didn't wait around for you all summer like Dean would have. I I can respect him for that. You know, like chasing yeah. around somebody who doesn't really want to be with you. Rory was so wishy-washy. He asks her right there in that scene, yes or no, are you with Dean? And she like hesitates and struggles and finally says, oh, yes, I'm with Dean. Like he just wasn't going to beg her to be with him. And I can very much respect him for that. And it's in direct contrast to Dean, who was like tripping over himself just to be in Rory's presence. Yeah, so there's definitely, like, the aloofness of Jess has its pros and its cons. Like, the cons are obviously the fact that he doesn't communicate, and... He's unreliable. He's unreliable, and he kind of manipulates Rory emotionally, whether he intends to or not. Like, I'm also the type of person who is, like intention isn't everything like if you hurt someone you hurt them and like he definitely hurts her but it's not out of any kind of malice and so that's why like i'm confident in saying like jess is not evil jess was like a messed up kid and like that relationship was toxic for both of them hi most definitely and i love that you said that um like about him hurting her whether it be intentional or not and most of the times i think you're right it, it was unintentional and that's something I wrote down that I wanted to talk about too is I think it's important to note like the way Rory seemed to feel when she was with Jess. Granted, we didn't get as much screen time of them as a couple as we did with her and Dean or her and Logan. But especially in the beginning of her relationship with Dean, she seemed happy. She seemed to feel that giddiness, those butterflies. And I think we see that a lot when her and Jess are kind of flirting when mm-hmm. she's still with Dean. But once they actually get together, she doesn't seem happy all the time. Like she's stressed because he hasn't called or she's upset with herself for being that girl who forgives him as soon as he shows up or she's trying to figure out where he's at. Why does he have a black eye? Why did he show up to my grandma's with a, and with this horrible attitude and ruin the dinner? Like she always just seems really stressed and upset. And it makes me sad for her, honestly, because it's not what she thought it would be or what she hoped it would be. But that was all Jess could give at that time. No, I completely agree. And I think the fact that they first got together officially after a very public breakup and after him like kind of using the girl he was seeing at the time as well as a placeholder, which is shitty. Like, I mean, lots of people do it, but it's, it's not great. And so like the fact that they get together and they kind of also have to sneak around because Lorelai like disapproves of this relationship vocally. And we can talk about that, but yeah, so they, they get together after a big like blow up. They, sneak date for a while and then Rory like kind of doesn't want to do PDA because she's afraid Dean will see so there's kind of like the specter of the ex-boyfriend and also like what will the whole town think and everyone kind of hates Jess already so it's this idea that no one is going to be like super happy and accepting of them and that really contributes to kind of tainting the relationship in something that is doomed. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I, it frustrates me so much to see an entire town of adults and see Lorelai as an adult treat this 16, 17 year old kid like an absolute villain. There's not a shred of empathy from anyone for what he's going through. I mean, like he grew up with an absentee father and an unreliable mother And of course he's angry. Of course he's kind of lost or lashing out because like he just has never had any stability in his life whatsoever. And 
I don't know, to see everyone kind of banding together and talking about how horrible, awful, terrible he is. Yes, Jess does awful things. He steals things from like the gnomes from Miss, uh, from Babette's lawn and, you know, pulling the prank on Taylor with the dead body or the fake dead body in front of the store, whatever. He He's mischievous and outright wrong a lot of the time. But did he do anything so egregious as to warrant the hatred he gets from adults who should have a level of maturity to try to understand, okay, why is he behaving like this? They all know Liz. They all know his mother. They all know the situation with his father. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it bothers me that no one bothers to try to show him any kindness. And they're like seriously trying to run this kid out of town, a kid, an an actual kid. And I know we had put down for another theme to discuss kind of the Liz Jess pairing compared to the Lorelai Rory pairing and like seeing how much like proximity to wealth affects Mm -hmm. like single parenthood in that sense. But it just crossed my mind now that if we compare Jess to how Christopher is spoken about, like Christopher is also dissolute kind of aimless kind of bounces from relationship to relationship. It doesn't really, it, at least in the show, there's no indication that he has any great, like wonderful qualities. And yet the Gilmore's like love Christopher so much for no reason. And similarly, Jess is a damaged, like troubled 17 year old kid. And everyone hates him for like no reason. <laughs> Honestly, and I kind of wish Lorelai, like, I understand she's worried about Rory and she's protective of her and, you know, that's fine. But I kind of wish she, especially with how important Luke is to her and with Rory, like, asking her to please try to give him a chance, that she would maybe try to empathize with Jess a little bit and understand, like, we kind of have more in common than meets the eye, you know, of this like growing up in an environment where you were never really comfortable or didn't feel like home or feeling like you have to like raise yourself. I mean, I feel like, cause I mean, Lorelai talks about Richard never being around, I guess Emily was, but I feel like Lorelai had a lot of nannies. I think they've referenced it before. And Jess is like, I mean, this, at this point when he starts dating Rory, it's not true, but he does end up trying to make his own way for himself the same way that Lorelai did. And that one scene when he's cleaning her gutters and they're in the kitchen after she's heating up the Chinese food, I wish we could have gotten more scenes like that. They have a very similar sense of humor. They finally had a conversation that was more than three words long. And I was like, wow, they they actually seem really compatible. And then, of course, it gets ruined 10 minutes later because she thinks he stole the bracelet. Um, Yeah, I just I wish Lorelai could have been a little bit kinder to him, especially because she knew how important this was to Luke. And she did not make it easy on him at all trying to help Jess. Yeah, just quickly about the bracelet. For me, that was like a wink and a nod to Little Women. I don't know if you've read Little Women or watched the movie. I did, but it was like at least 15 years ago. (laughs) So like one of the sisters, one of the March sisters, Meg, she loses her glove and like Tutor keeps it. And, like, she looks for it all over the place, and she can't find it, and she's really stressed. And then when Joe finds it, she, like, accuses him. She's like, you stole the glove. You put my sister through all of his anxiety. And so I feel like the fact that he had picked up Rory's bracelet and kept it kind of for himself, I found that, like, ooh, this is the writers, like, giving us a wink and a nod. A little nod there, yeah. yeah. And, again, like, I'm not trying to apologize, excuse me, for Jess's behavior. Should he have just given her the bracelet back? Yeah, probably. But to be fair, I don't think there was malice in it. I don't think he even knew Dean made it for her at that point. Mm-hmm. He just liked her and it was like something that reminded him of her. And I think he liked having it. Is that correct? Like I said, no. But as soon as he realized how important it was to her, he put it back, but he yeah. couldn't give it to her and be like, Oh, I've had this because it looks like he stole it instead of he found it. Mm-hmm. So like he did try to rectify it as soon as he realized the severity of the situation, but alas, it didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think Jess is portrayed as like, Oh, he's the bad boy who kind of, toys with your emotions and that what gives you the thrill. And I mean, I honestly have dated like both 
Dean's and Jess's in my life. And that's true to some extent, but I think it's also reductive to be like, oh, Dean is a good boy and Jess is the bad boy and Logan is also Dean's awful, the fuck but boy. We'll but, but yeah, <laughs> we will get to all of those in time, good time. But I think, yeah, I think it's more interesting to look at Jess as someone who is like just doing the best he can. And whilst Rory was in a way like given everything, like, sure, Lorelai had to work really hard and stuff, but, like, she made a concerted a concerted effort to be present, to be stable, to always mm-hmm. be there for Rory, which is not what Jess had from Liz at all. At all. And I, I know we're going to, like you said, we have an episode about that, so I'm not trying to get super deep into it. But I just want to touch on briefly the fact that it is a very interesting parallel, because given the timelines, that means Liz and Lorelai were both teen mothers. And like you said, look what a proximity to wealth or just different circumstances can produce. Look at Rory and look at Jess. You know, she had a string of boyfriends going in and out of the house. He doesn't know his father at all. Um, it's a, it's said many times that like the men Liz brought around were not great. They would steal from them or, and we don't know, you know, what else. So like, just it, it's, it, look at the similar, it's the exact same situation. Just circumstances have changed and it's excuse me produce dramatically different results and Jess is whip smart he's just as smart as Rory and so with the right circumstances he could have achieved the same things that Mm -hmm. she did he just didn't have that kind of access or anyone in his life up until Luke to to help him get there yeah actually I want to talk about that so the fact that they are both like really kind of book smart and in a way like Jess is street smart, but he's also kind of touchingly naive in a way that you would expect from a teenager. I found those moments really good writing, but yeah, the fact they're both smart, but like Rory's on like Harvard track, like Ivy league Mm -hmm. track and Jess doesn't finish high school. And so I was wondering, just like Lorelai, just like (laughs) Lorelai, like if we could, we could talk about that, about the fact that they really bond over their love of books, heart emoji. And, um, (laughs) and the fact that I believe that Jess is the only one of her boyfriends who can keep up with her intellectually. I completely agree. Even like, it's, (laughs) it's funny because I know a lot of people say they'd kind of dumb Dean down to make Jess look better in comparison. Um, but like I even, I'm not disagree even, with that, but we can dis- we can discuss that. Yeah, it's it's because it's not even like the book smart thing. It's like mm-hmm. the references. Jess keeps up with the reference, even with Lorelai. Like he makes a joke, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Wow, it's been ages since I heard like a good reference." I can't remember what it was Yule Yule Gibbons or something like that. Um, but yeah, like he can keep up with them, and I just totally lost my train of thought. But <laughs> I think that, oh, yeah, um, of all her partners, for sure, I think they were the most well-matched. And it breaks my heart that, well, multiple things having to do with Jess break my heart. But I do wish we would have gotten to see more of them together because they are by far, far the shortest relationship. She's with Logan for, what, two or three years? And yeah. Dean for two? And then Jess, it's like six months. So, I don't know. I, I feel like we got robbed. Because in their moments where they are happy, they seem so great for each other. I know. And I think it's interesting to think that, you know, Jess is probably the one who is shown to have the most growth in the revival. But even, oh like, within the, like, seven seasons, like, we see him, like, he goes to Philadelphia. But, you know, sure, he's living a kind of, like, hippie commune life, which is absolutely valid. And But he's doing, like, what he wants to do. He's, like, putting out zines. He he's, like, book? hosting. He wrote a novel. He's, like, so he's not one of these dilettantes who's, like, oh, yes, one day I will write the great American novel. He actually did something. Like, he's doing something. He's creating, like a community hub in Philadelphia for like poets and literary arts in general. And so I think that's where it also changes. Like Rory was given everything, but she never creates anything of her own. Like she never moves to that stage of being active and of doing something with her potential and her talents. Well, Jess was kind of like forced out and being like, okay, I'm not going to have the traditional accolades of grades and 
fancy colleges. So I'm just going to go out in the world and do things. I think that is a perfect way of doing it. You said he was kind of forced to. Rory having everything, never she never showed any initiative because she. I feel like she always knew, like, there will be options for me. There will be opportunities for me. She has access to her grandparents' wealth and connections. As much as she and Lorelai like to act like they're slumming it with the rest of us, when you have access to a multi-million dollar safety net, you're simply not. Jess didn't have a choice. It was figure all this out and and do something or do absolutely nothing, which he can't, he literally can't afford to do. And so I just think Rory having this cushion, I mean, everything we see her do is like, because someone had to convince her, like being vice president of the student or the, of Chilton was because Paris convinced her to do it. Or of course, now I'm like blanking on other examples, but it just feels like she's always nudged along and encouraged by somebody else. And like you said, like everything Jess did, I mean, granted, I think Luke played a role in having one person in his life who was supportive of him and wanted to see better for him. Mm-hmm. But he made these things happen for himself. And I'm so proud of him. I know he's fictional. But my goodness, like like I said at the beginning of this episode, taking the kid that we see you know, in season two, episode five, or whenever it is he shows up, to this person he is in the revival, it's just incredible, the growth and th- everything he's accomplished even though he had literally nothing is <laughs> just, I love it. I love it for him. No, I, I agree. And the fact that, I mean, we'll discuss this. We keep saying this, like, but there's just too much to talk about. Yeah. But the fact that um, I absolutely love Luke and Jess and I love their relationship. And I love that it's like a male on male, like relationship that gets very detailed but the fact is that, in a way, Luke letting go of Jess and kind of accepting that, okay, he's not going to finish high school. It's like, it really, we see Luke kind of feeling all that mm-hmm. pain and like processing all of that emotion and that feeling of a failure as like a parent or mentor. But ultimately, it worked yeah. out for Jess. Well, Lorelai like refused to face quote-unquote failure with regards to Rory and that just meant that Rory never grew absolutely and (laughs) I want to touch on it's not super related to because I I don't want to move too far into Luke and Jess because I have so much to say there but um I wanted to talk about how Rory and Jess's relationship evolves throughout this series. So I think it's a very interesting place that they end up in by the revival, even by season six. Cause I always felt like, were we missing something? Cause the last time we see him uh, before he shows up when she's, when she dropped out of Yale is when he asks her to run away with him and she says no. Yeah. And then suddenly a season and a half later, she, he's there and they're like so happy to see each other. And he tells her about the book And I would have thought that that kind of would have been the end of their relationship. Like maybe him feeling burned or embarrassed or it was just interesting to see them come back to each other and to be genuinely happy to see each other a year and a half later after the way things had ended. Yeah. I mean, I guess it it worked out as a kind of conclusion to the relationship. Like he shows up and he's like, Hey, look at what I've accomplished. Like kind of showing her, you know, I've done something of myself, but I think they were both shaken by the fact that Rory was so adrift. I don't think he expected to Mm -hmm. find her that way. And so that kind of leaves the door open, but I agree. Like one of the things that annoys me the most about the revival is the very clunky parallels that are drawn between Jess as Luke and Rory as Lorelai and the kind of like longing look (laughs) that Jess gives her and being like, you know, is Jess really holding out a candle for her? (sighs) I mean, I think sometimes we do think about people we've dated a long time ago, but realistically, like I would hope that he had moved on with his life at this point and that he's not just there pining. to like prop up Rory and pining. But, yeah. No. Yeah. I definitely, cause you're right. It was very, like you said, uh, Rory, Lorelai, Luke, 
Jess, and then Logan Christopher. I think I said Luke Christopher, but I meant Logan Christopher. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wrote that in the notes. I was like, the look from the revival, what did it actually mean? Um, And honestly, does adult Rory deserve that look from adult Jess? No. (laughs) Okay, Jess, I'm going to need you to move on because you've grown into this wonderful human being and Rory uh didn't no i'm just kidding she needs work but i mean but you put in the notes something that i thought was really interesting you said like it could be like he was just thinking of like feeling kind of nostalgic or bad about how he was the last time he was with rory and like how they ended things how they fought and all of these Mm -hmm. things so i mean i think that makes sense of Sometimes it hurts when you meet someone from your past and you realize, yeah, I was a shitty person. Which is exactly how Rory acts when she sees Dean. When she's telling him about the book in the revival yeah. and she sees him, I feel like it was the same look of Jess, that Jess gave Rory of like, I recognize that I was a shitty person to you when we were together and I regret that. Mm-hmm. I don't think she regrets it in the sense that she still wants to be with Dean, but she regrets, yeah. I think, throwing away something that she didn't realize meant as much to her uh, as it did, or I guess as it would. Or just kind of treating Dean Treat, so yeah. poorly. And, and so that's what I hope for the je- the look from Jess to Rory is kind of him thinking about, like not necessarily being in love with her, but just thinking about things that were lost because of like them not being in a good place of their lives. Just like, you know, like, oh, what could have been, not even what could have been, because that seems piney, but just him like, I regret what I did to her. But, you know, now we have this friendship and people can move on. If only Rory could have the same type of introspection when it came to herself. Good grief. Honestly. Oh, that's a perfect segue. (laughs) Because I want to talk about how Jess is one of the only people who calls Rory out. Ever. And not even in, like, a malicious way or, you know, trying to undermine her but he just is genuine and like like when she told him how he, she wanted to be a foreign correspondent and he was like oh wow I'd like that's surprising to me i didn't really see that he's not saying it in like a ooh you can't do that but just genuine surprise because he's never really seen her do anything that would prove that to be true and then we see in the revival that he was right um but he still encouraged her in that moment he was like oh you know if you want to do it i believe that you can do it whatever i'm kind of rambling um but then him encouraging her to go back to yale and telling her like what are you doing i know he's not the sole reason that she went back but like giving her a reality check um in the revival suggesting that she writes the book and then she talks about once she starts writing it immediately clicks for her and this was the thing she was meant to be doing like he's always been the one to kind of help her when she's feeling adrift he understands he does he doesn't see her as the person he wants her to be like even when he's asking her to do things like run away with me like you can see like that's just him kind of feeling at the edge and being like we could do this together but it's not like oh the rory i imagine in my head is rory that would run away like that he never puts that on her which is why he's my favorite of her boyfriends and it's also the fact that um Uh, He understands her, and he never feels threatened. Both Dean and Logan feel threatened by her at some point. Whether Mostly it's her ambition. And Jess never feels threatened, because he doesn't have this kind of path set for him. Like, Dean is just like, I don't know, I'll graduate high school, go to community college, and, like, work a trade, and, like, have a wife and a family. And Logan is like, I have this dynasty that I'm going to inherit and all of these pressures that are put on me from my father. And Jess is just kind of always knew he was going to have to hack it on his own. So he he's able to sit there and look at Rory and be like, you're amazing. You should do whatever it is you need to do. And I feel like you do belong at Yale and all of these things. Like That is something I can truly appreciate that he never feels threatened by her. Yeah, he lets her just be. And I know, like, the irony of it, like, that he wasn't ready and wasn't really um, a good partner for her when they were teenagers. And now that they're adults, it's completely flipped. I think he'd be an amazing partner, but Rory is not ready and would not be a good partner for him. And, you know, as much as I'd like to see them be able to work on their stuff and maybe make it work, I think their friendship cannot be undersold. Like, like, 
they're they're just so similar. And I wonder if it's because I like I said I feel like Jess is very similar to Lorelai, and maybe that's why she and Jess kind of click on this level. But I think there's something to be said for the fact that even though they're not together anymore romantically, that she still relies upon him in this way. We don't see that relationship with her and Dean. Granted, they ended differently, but I don't feel like there was a core friendship behind their relationship. I don't even know if I feel like that with Logan either. The only reason they're still talking now is because they're cheating with each other. But would they be yeah, friends? Yeah, no, like she's not. She's not friends with Logan. She was never friends with Logan. So I just I think that I don't know. Seeing them evolve into this adult, mature friendship, I did like that aspect of the revival, and I did like him being again, kind of like a, a guidepost for her. Yeah, I I do wish more for him. <laughs> he's not supposed to be like the magical best friend to Rory he deserves deserves better just like Um, Lane yes just like Lane I guess we could talk about the fact that um, they have such great chemistry together and we could speculate that it's because Alexis and Milo were dating Mm. I don't know if they met before or they met on set I think they met on set, and so they were dating from, like, season two to season six in real life, I think. Oh, I wow, believe. okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, her her kiss scenes with Dean I always found to be really just, like, cringy and uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I could buy the physical attraction between her and Jess much more yeah. than between her and Dean. I know that was her first relationship, so it's supposed to be a little awkward, a little clunky, like... And it's also, like, know. more chaste. Like, I feel like yeah. with Jess, like, they made... It was, out. like, full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, but I, um, I think... I mean, I don't think that's always a given, because there have been couples, like, real-life couples that on screen, like... It doesn't translate. Translate. And, like, there have been couples who were together and then broke up, but, like, their characters were still together on screen. Like, um... Uh, Nina Dubrev and mm. Ian Tomaharder on The Vampire Diaries, like, they won, like, best, like, on-screen chemistry after they had broken up in real life. And so it's a kind of... it. So whether or not, like, yeah, they, it was because they were dating, I don't think we can tell. Because it, they could just like be really well, s- good scene partners and be mm-hmm. able to match up with each other. I think it worked out well because it it highlighted like the fact that she couldn't stop thinking about Jess, couldn't stop wanting to be with Jess, even though she was with Dean. I think it their on screen chemistry like highlighted that their intense attraction mm-hmm. to one another. That should have been our first clue that it was going to burn out quickly because it was just so yep. much from the start. But I did have a a hot take about Jess that I wanted to talk about. Yes. I think that part of the reason that Lorelai doesn't like him beyond, you know, her feeling like he's bad for Rory, yada, 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 is because she is threatened by him. And I mean this in the sense that if you look at the show, you know, who the two are the two people who constantly prioritize Lorelai or who she's like used to getting her way with. It's Luke and it's Rory. But here comes this person who they are both willing to compromise their relationship with Lorelai for like Luke doesn't talk to Lorelai for months after the accident because of the things she says about Jess and how he shouldn't have helped him. He shuts her out and Luke's never done that before. Luke will die on the Lorelai Hill. And so I think that scares her that he's willing to put Jess in front of her. And then Rory, they've always seen eye to eye on everything. You know, they're supposed to be best friends, And Lorelai's told her to stay away from Jess. I don't like Jess. And she doesn't. She tells Lorelai, she pushes back. I want you to give him a second chance. She misses Lorelai's graduation because she went to New York to see Jess. She starts to date him. And again, I think she feels that threat of, this is the first big thing that Rory and I don't agree on. And she's not willing to listen to me about it. She will choose him anyway. And I'm not saying ultimately she would choose Jess over Lorelai, but she didn't let Lorelai's issues with him stop her from wanting to be with him at all and i just think it's like for that to be happening at the same time with the two people she usually can rely on the most she doesn't love it she doesn't love it 100 percent. i'm just sitting here and nodding and snapping yes (laughs) yeah i mean i I mean i would dare people to not agree with this take like i don't think this should be controversial i think it is perfect because as you say like there's the first layer of Jess is the bad boy and like Lorelai is 
scared for Rory, and we can get mm-hmm. into like the reasons why <laughs> she's scared. Um, but I think there's also this layer of, you know, she could control Dean. Like Dean fit in to the dynamic. He didn't disrupt anything. He was just kind of like floating on the water, and like Jess is like a motorboat. It's like <laughs> I will everything. like. <laughs> Yeah, and like suddenly, you know, Rory's like, "Oh, I want to go wakeboarding or something. <laughs> like, I want to be dragged up by this motorboat." And her mom is like, "Ah, I don't like this." Um, but I think, yeah, I think you are spot on that part of the reason Lorelai doesn't like Jess is that she cannot. Con- he's an agent of chaos in her like neat world, and basically, it also means that in a way, Rory's having a more mature kind of romantic relationship where all of her dates aren't always with her mom. Or <laughs> she has like... a separate life. Like, she finally gets to be outside of Lorelai, like we were talking about before, you know, developing something outside of Lorelai. Or even doing things like, you know, Jess isn't too hot about, like, attending every town event. Or... So Lorelai feels that maybe that he's pulling Rory away from the life she had crafted for both of them. And so he is the capital O other that mm-hmm. um, in the show. And that, that is very disruptive, but I also think that Lorelai sees herself in Jess. And this is a trope that we see a lot in literature and TV and movies with fathers being like, I know what I was like when I was your age and I was a ragtag <laughs> skirt chasing scumbag and I don't trust you around my daughter. And I feel like in a way, Lorelai sees that. She's just like, I see the hurt in Jess. I see the instability in him, the recklessness. And I remember I was not making the best decisions in my life and she's afraid of that around Rory because she sees herself in Jess Mm -hmm. but instead of it taking the turn of being like oh maybe we can understand one another or I can relate to him she kind of partially because of Jess's own abrasive attitude towards her but she takes the opposite turn of like I must reject him with all of my might because he represents the alternative path that I would have taken had I not like had Rory and become a mother, et cetera. Absolutely. I can, I completely agree with that. And, and I'll cut Lorelai some slack and say she, there was probably a part of her who is genuinely concerned about Rory's well-being. I think she knew this relationship would end in hurt with Rory being hurt. And she was ultimately right. Um, But I think it was an important choice that Rory had to make for herself. She had to, I think seeing this through was really important for both of them because they felt this chemistry, this desire, this attraction for one another. And I think they both just had to like play it out and see how it was going to go. We as an audience knew this was not going to end well, but it just had to happen. And it's interesting that you touch on that that Lorelai recognizes parts of herself in Jess, or I think you even said something a couple of minutes ago about being worried about what would happen if Rory was with Jess. And I know we have an episode on this as well, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but the show does treat pregnancy as an inevitability. Cause I think you're right. That was probably one of her larger concerns about Jess is that Rory was going to get pregnant. Yep. And it bothers me that, Rory, or Lorelai always tells Rory, you know, we're best friends. You can talk to me about anything. And then when Rory does tell Lorelai that she's thought about having sex with Jess, like, Lorelai looks like she's, like, in pain. Like, she actually squeaks. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm, with Jess. Okay, are we doing this? And it, it, I don't know. I mean, you're allowed to, I guess, be surprised or have whatever feeling she's going to have about it. But it didn't ultimately seem that supportive to me. And then she tells Rory, like, tell me before it happens. How <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just I feel like there could have been a more open conversation there. No, I absolutely agree. And and this is another time that it highlights the difficulty of straddling the like friend mom line. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, Oh, I want to be completely supportive and I want you to be open with me, but also like, oh, I have these feelings as a mom about my child being sexually active that I'm not dealing with. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it, it's complicated in that sense, but I do believe that with Jess arrives the specter of sex 
that we will delve into in other episodes. But I think we do need to talk about a little bit here because we need to talk about like Jess's attempted sexual assault on Rory. (sighs) That I'm trying to wrap my mind around why the writers included that scene because, and again, like, I'm not, this is not me being a Jess apologist. It does seem out of character to me. I don't, I never would have imagined Jess to be a character who would, like, attempt to assault Rory. And what bothers me about that scene is I feel like, because there's a lot of stuff in the show that didn't age well, that's very tone deaf. Even in the revival, which tells me, like, I feel like ASP, you know, the writer creator for the show, for, I'm sure everyone who watches Gilmore Girls know that. I know that you know that, but I was like, just in case people didn't know. Amy Sherman Palladino. Yes. yes, I I feel like that kind of reflects a lot of her own personal like beliefs on things. And so my anger about that scene is I don't think she understands, and maybe she did, maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me what you think about this. It's just an idea I've had. I don't think she understood the way that that scene would come off because I don't think she would have written Jess as trying to assault Rory. And I feel like in her mind, she didn't see that as assault. Mm. Do, does that make sense? Like, especially in that time period. That, I feel, that makes sense. I, I felt like I read it the opposite way though, of like, of like they knew this was going to make Jess look terrible okay. and to allow like the audience to kind of um, disassociate with Jess and like allow Rory to have other <laughs> romantic interests. I suppose it was kind of like a character assassination of Jess in that way. And I say this because of all the buildup they've had about being afraid of sex throughout the whole thing. And then he commits the ultimate crime, which is to try and have sex with Rory. And I just, I, I, that'd be like the one thing I would write out of this show, like even more so than the Rory Dean affair, because it does completely change the way that you can look at this character going forward. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, that was not a lens like through which I would view him. And I feel like even after that, it just seems so out of character. I feel like if she wanted to assassinate his character, there would have been ways to do that. I mean, the fight with Dean that happens right yeah. after the way he just bails on Rory without saying goodbye. Those Look are all yeah. that that was plenty. And yeah. the show is very, I know we have an episode. We'll talk about this as progressive as it was in some ways is, you know, very re- regressive in some others is regressive a word. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I was like, if it's not, I'm, I'm acting like it is. Uh, it's very sex negative. And so I I honestly, this is just one more tick in the column of all the sex negative experiences that happen throughout the show. And I mean, I'm not blanketly opposed to depictions of sexual assault or attempted sexual assaults on TV, especially in like kind of teen culture. Because again, like I feel like that was a relatable scene. However, I do not think the show deals with it at all in a way. No, like it don't. kind of uses like Lorelai's like I always knew it, as opposed to like walking through it, Rory. Like how does this make you feel? Mm-hmm. Like all like the, the show doesn't address it. It's being like, oh, just being a bad boy because he's spiraling out because he's not going to graduate. I, I mean. <laughs> I do recognize that some people like deal with like intense stress by like wanting like he wanted a distraction. It, he who wanted distraction, and, but also like like intimacy in a way. I, I mean, this makes me sound like a jazz apologist. I'm this behavior no, is I, not I acceptable. Um, but I can kind of see it from Jess. Uh, he just like wants to be close to Rory in that moment and he's not communicating with his words and he has like a tendency to kind of be forceful and violent. And so that it came across that way, but it didn't need to be sexual. I don't think so. And if they really wanted to include this, they really should have dealt with it. They should have had at least one scene where they deal with it. It was very half-assed. And that's the thing is like, why couldn't it have just been an argument? Like, of them talking because she she's been so patient with him the whole night she can tell there's something off she keeps trying to like 
coax a good mood out of him. So why couldn't it have been she goes up there to talk to him and he snaps at her, like says something mean. Yeah. And yeah. then she she has the same reaction of like, I don't know what I did and starts crying and leaves. And because as soon as she did that, he immediately was like snapped out of it. Like yeah. he was like, it's nothing. He says, he was like, you didn't do anything and then tries yeah. to run after her to apologize. Why couldn't it have just been an argument? I don't understand why they had to include this scene in particular. Like you said, if they were not going to commit just to seeing it through it just so so maybe we're both right maybe they've just like they didn't see it as that big of a deal Mm -hmm. and kind of subconsciously within like the world of the show one of the worst things jess could have done was to like quote unquote pressure rory to precisely yeah i completely agree um looking at our notes (laughs) How can we come back from this? <laughs> I know. I guess I did have kind of, I mean, this is a perfect way, I think, to wrap up the episode because we're at like 45 minutes yeah. here. But their breakup, I think, is the perfect topic mm. to end on. And I hate that he just abandons her yeah. without a word. I know we've talked about this before, but I think Rory has some abandonment feelings about abandonment probably because of her dad. And all the times that he's failed her and not been there for her. And so for Jess to just up and leave without a word may have reminded her of those feelings or brought those feelings to the Mm -hmm. surface. And I wonder if that was like part of what made her so resolute in not wanting to get back together with Jess or wanting nothing to do with him because she ultimately was just like, this is not a person that I can rely on. Yeah. And even, um, ugh. The freaking episode where she ends up cheating with Dean. But she's talking to Lane about how Jess showed up at Yale and she, you know, told him no. And she was like, I really blew it with Dean because, you know, no matter what happened, I always knew he was going to be there Mm -hmm. and he made me feel safe. And she even says that to him in the revival. And I think that that's something she was looking for, especially as a teenager, because like dealing with all that stuff from her dad. So anyway, I just always wondered why she was so resolute in like her unwillingness to get back together with Jess. Well, that makes sense because she does stand up to her dad a few times being like, Hey, I don't want to speak to you right now. Or mm-hmm. like you were like mean to my mom and I'm team mom. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't just expect to carry on with me as if like you didn't disrespect her or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I now that you mention it, I do think that kind of her resolve in like cutting off with Jess, and I kind of root for that phone call where he says nothing on the other end. That she's like, <sighs> "I'm not waiting for you." And I was like, "She's Go, like, Rory. I think I may have loved you." And I was like, "Oh, I dear. know." Oh, it's so heartbreaking. But as this one moment where I'm like, "Team Rory, yes, go girl." Um, yeah, they, she definitely does that. And the problem with Dean is that because he's so safe, like she can backslide into yep. that. Because he'll always be, he can't get over Rory for whatever reason. Even though he was like, I hope someday I don't hate you. And then two episodes later, he was trying to be her friend again. But um, <laughs> I do wish that we as an audience could have gotten to know like more of Rory's feelings about the Jess breakup. Because that's the last episode of season three. They go to Europe. It comes back. She goes to Yale. And then... I don't know. We we just never really get to see her work through the feelings about her feelings about that or also Jess never apologizes to her, at least on screen, for any of that anything he ever did to her. Really? I don't think so. Doesn't he say like when he wants to like run away with her, then she'd be like, I'm so sorry I did that to you, but we can go be together now. I can't I think I he know. says, I know you couldn't count on me before, but you can count on me now. Okay. I don't know if he ever says I'm sorry. Okay. Well, people, uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> Give us the transcripts. Um and the receipts yeah. too. I want to know what episode if it does happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, all in all, love Jess as a character. Um we both agree that his relationship with Rory was messed up. And very relatable in some ways. And like kind of very good TV because it was kind of hot and cold mm-hmm. and worked out. And I think it's also fair to portray adolescent relationships that way. I think a lot of them are There's like not always Rory a lot and of Dean. <laughs> and like a lot of them are like Rory and Jess. Mm-hmm. So I think in the way of like the show t- um talking about life 
I feel like that was an f- accurate portrayal. Um, and I still believe that uh, Grown Up Jess deserves better and should stay far away from Rory. <laughs> Absolutely. Romantically, at least. Like, they're just yeah. the textbook definition of right person, wrong time. So... Yeah. But... Yes. So now it is a time to spin the wheel. And we have landed on Rory and Logan. Back to back boyfriend analyses. Back to back. Always a lot to say. I have a lot to say about all of her partners. Oh my God. Definitely. That will be a good one. I promise we will talk about other things as well. But next episode will be. Rory and Logan. So send us your thoughts either to our email or on our socials. But where can people find you, Soraya, on the internet? They can find me on Instagram at Booksolid Podcast. That is my other show that I host, part book club, part book review. Be sure to check it out if books at all are your thing. And where can people find you, Elena? Um, you can find me at Elena G. Mamrell on Twitter at Spinoodler on Instagram. I host two other podcasts. One of them is a book review podcast called Bookshelf Remix. The other one is called Philosophy Casting Call, where I interview underrepresented philosophers. Always in the show notes, we will have our link tree, which has links to everything, but we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at WOQM Pod. You can email us. Do we already say that? Well, I'm telling you again, WOQM Pod at gmail.com. Do not forget that we have a little special giveaway thing going on as we're kicking off our show bribe let's call it what it is um if you leave us a five-star rating review or just a rating review we're not pressuring you to give us five stars but but we are appreciate it wink wink you know um we if you send us a screenshot we when we get 10 ratings and reviews we will cook a recipe from the new gilmore girls cookbook post it on our instagram and if we get to 20 uh, we will gift the cookbook to one of you so your email serves as your entry into the giveaway so thank you for all taking the time to chat with us today. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. And until next time, keep those morals questionable. <laughs> <laughs>